goal on the ERLC podcast is to help you think biblically about today's cultural issues. As we discuss important topics that matter to Southern Baptists, you might have additional questions. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at erlcpodcast at erlc.com and let us know how you're processing the conversations featured on the podcast. And just a reminder, we want to make sure you're kept up to date about the important work the ERLC is doing on behalf of Southern Baptists. The best way to do that is by joining us at erlc.com backslash updates. Signing up for email updates allows you to hear directly from us about our work and the ways we're serving you on the issues that matter most to Southern Baptists. Become an email subscriber at erlc.com backslash updates. That's erlc.com backslash updates. God is a holy God, and He is serious about us walking in holiness. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. The Bible says, woe to those who isolate themselves or who don't have anyone there to pick them up when they fall down. The gospel hope is that we believe in a God who is engaged with His Son. I have had to come to terms with the fact that I live in a broken world. And I live in a broken body. What if the one thing that we're praying for God to take away is the one thing he's using to make us more like Jesus? Welcome to the ERLC podcast. We are doing a series called How to Handle, and we are just going to be tackling and thinking about different topics and issues that we see maybe in the news or in society, but really affect the church. And these topics and issues are about people. So we want to look at these things and to think about them. And today, I'm really excited to have Christine Hoover. She is an author of several books, but one that we're going to talk about today, Messy, Beautiful Friendship. We're not going to just talk about the book, but we're going to talk about friendships in the church and how how do we make friends? How do we how do we deal with it and handle it when we don't feel like we fit in? And how can we encourage one another in the church? What about the the woman who is predominantly at home? She's a stay-at-home mom. How does she make friends? Why is this important to the church to think through? So, Christine, we're so glad to have you. Thank you, Trillia. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. So I have a question about why you even decided to write a book on friendship. What did you, what did you think was important and enough to, to spend hours and days writing about it? I personally have struggled with friendship in my adult years. So kind of after the college years and you you cross that invisible line into adulthood and you don't realize that friendship is going to be different. Making friends is different and maintaining friendships is different than how it was when we were younger. At least that's how it was for me. Uh, But in those years, probably the next 10 years of my life, I I had a lot of insecurities, Mm. a lot of... um, I would just say mainly insecurities about who I was as a friend with other women. You know, I'd leave social situations and just be overanalyzing everything I did and said. And I really felt in that time that I didn't have a friend. Hmm. And now, now that I'm older and I look back at that time, I see that I was doing a lot of things 
to myself that hindered my own relationships. And um, it all kind of changed for me when I read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together, which is such a great book about Christian community. Hmm. He kind of analyzed me and showed me my heart and why I was struggling so much. But in those 10 years of struggling, I really never talked about friendship with anybody else. I never said to another woman, hey, this is a struggle for me. Is it a struggle for you? Mm. And after I became a pastor's wife um, in my 30s, and we, we planted a church, and as I began talking with other women and kind of revealing myself a little bit more to them, I found out that this is a struggle for a lot of women, that women deal with insecurities about their relationships with other women. And they don't always know how to make a friend in adulthood. And they don't always know how to cultivate deeper relationships beyond just kind of the surface conversation. And so as I began talking to them about that, I realized this is an issue for the church. This is an issue that is affecting relationships in in our church and in every church. And so I wanted to address that. I wanted to share with women what I had discovered in my own life and what had hindered my own relationships. And I wanted to give them tools to kind of move beyond the self-analyzation and the the insecurity and be able to engage in relationships and friendships as God has given it to them. And so I look back at that time trillion, I think I really did have opportunities for friendship, Mm -hmm. but I had these ideas of what friendship should be, what it should look like and who it should be with. So God was trying to give me friends, but I dismissed women in my own, in my life because they didn't kind of fit that mold of what I thought friendship should look like. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And as a pastor's wife, this was, I guess, when, when your struggle was the deepest, it was before you got married, it sounded like. Is that correct? Well, I was. I got married and I started having children in my 20s. And I was a pastor's wife, but I was not a senior pastor's wife. We were in a large established church. And I, so I really didn't feel a lot of the pressures of being the pastor's wife until in my 30s, we moved and planted a church. And that was when I kind of felt more, was able to talk more with women about this issue. Okay. And one of the things that I have talked to when I've spoken and with pastor's wives who are friends is this is actually can be a unique struggle for pastor's wives that they can try to, trying to find friends where it's mutual friendships in the, in a congregation can be can be difficult. Have you experienced that or have you heard that or do you know what I'm talking about? And <laughs> uh, yes, truly I do. Yeah. Yes. I think friendship is hard for everyone. Right. But for pastor's wives, there's an added layer of complexity to it. So we have a lot of relationships. We we tend to know quite a pe- number of people's names, at least, and sure. we know maybe basic facts about them, And but they think they know us, right? Mm. And so it's hard to navigate sometimes who is a friend and who is just someone that I'm I'm ministering to and I love, but I may not necessarily reveal myself fully to. So sure. I think the word you use is mutual. It mm. that's my my yeah. litmus test. Is is this a mutual relationship where I can reveal myself and they reveal themselves to me that I'm caring for them, but also they're returning that care toward me. And that can be really challenging for a pastor's wife to find, to discern who those people are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we even 
kind of test the waters with people and we find they don't quite know what to do with us when we're we're letting them into who we are. They don't always know how to respond to that. Sure. And so there's a lot of testing the waters, I think, for pastors' wives and trying to find that. And it can be a really big challenge. Yeah, I think um, with all friendships, there's this bit of vulnerability and um, yes. humility. And it's it can be, with all friendships, hard. And so when you are revealing yourself, you you have to reveal yourself to someone who's going to be gracious and loving and kind and understanding and okay not to understand also because not everyone understands our our various struggles and um, difficulties and what we're battling and praying through. But um, yeah, so it makes sense to me. Something else that you said, and because this really is a, a topic that it's important to the whole church, you've, you have mentioned women quite a bit because that's who you minister to and that's who yeah. you, you speak to. But this is a topic that men struggle with too. I have, I've seen a lot of guys who uh, they struggle with not fitting in, or they can't really find friendships. Uh, it's so different, but men can uniquely struggle with finding a bond that is deep, that goes beyond maybe the surface. I don't want to stereotype men here, but guess, <laughs> but goes beyond you know talking about football or <laughs> we, yes. but talking about sin and getting deep. Not all, but I've I have seen and spoken to other men who could struggle. Have you experienced that as well? Yes, I think that's a very common thing for men. I mean, first of all, the time that they have, you know, I see in my own husband's life that he doesn't have a lot of time outside of work and family to spend with other men. And so for me as his wife, one of the things that I really want to do is make make sure he has the time and encouraging that in him to pursue time with other men and making, I'm going to have to make sacrifices for him to spend time with other men. And I think sometimes for me, I just have to say to him, Hey, it's been a while since you've spent time with, with people, you know, who are your friends? Who are you cultivating friendship with? And so, yeah, I do think it's a struggle for men. Um, I think it just takes for everybody, men or women, it takes risk. There's so much risk in (laughs) not just even initiating getting together with somebody, but especially what you said, the vulnerability of, I'm going to take this conversation from talking about football to talking about something more personal, maybe something more on the emotional level, which I think (laughs) that's not always easy for for anyone, but I would say generally men, especially, um, so I just think it takes risk. And for a man, he's going to have to take that risk to to do something that may feel uncomfortable to him. But I always find for myself and for my husband too, that making that sacrifice of time, of initiating a conversation or time together, it really re- is rewarding in the end. I'm always glad I did it, even though it felt risky or it felt that I was too tired and I didn't really want to give it the time. And so I would just encourage the men out there that, hey, you need friends. Yes. Friends are one of the gifts God gives us to grow spiritually, uh, to enjoy life, to enjoy life with other people and walk alongside them. And so we need friends. Friends are important to our spiritual development. So it, men listening, women listening, I would just encourage you to take the risk of reaching out and engaging with with other people. That's good. Well, one of the things that I think about, I I have a heart for the church. I I think about the church often. Um, And one of the things that I find 
really remarkable is the that God created. He creates the world, and he creates people, and he creates the church. He, this is God's idea that we be uh-huh. in community with one another. Yes. So this is something that is important to the church. It's important that we think about friendships, not just because um, we want a self-fulfilling kind of, oh, I've got a pal, but because community is so essential to what we read in the scriptures. There's so many, so much evidence of of God who desires us to be in a community, community of people. And friendship, of course, takes it one step further than just being in that community, but being in relationship with that community. So those are some of the reasons that I think that this topic is important to the church. What are some of the reasons you think this topic is important? At the most fundamental level, Trillia, friendship is how we fulfill the love one another or all the one another commands in scripture. These are the people that we're going to be in deep right. enough relationship with to practice bearing with one another and sharing one another's burdens, forgiving one another and recon- reconciliation and forgiveness, how we practice those things. Of course, it's not always with in deep friendship, but but generally the one another's are practiced there. And right. so when Jesus says they're going, they're going to know you by your love, he's, they're going to know you that you are my disciple by the way you love others. That fundamentally happens in friendship. And so I love to think of that of, like you said, I love the church too. And I love to think about it, but that we, we, the church is made of brothers and sisters. We are family, and these are relationships that are going to be eternal relationships. Friendship continues into eternity. We're going to relate with with one another as brothers and sisters there. And so friendship is such a beautiful picture of, of what God intended when he made the church. That is, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's a beautiful thought to think, but the truth is, is that it's also broken. Yes. So yes. I... I yeah, it's a it's beautiful and broken. And so, what do we, what do you say to, to the church, to the person? We won't go as broad as the church, but the person who is is struggling with um, relationships. Maybe they're struggling to find a friend. They're they're part of this community. They come every Sunday. Maybe they're like you. They're coming, but they they aren't really opening up to other people, you in your past. And so um, they're they're struggling. How would you encourage someone who is in that situation? Mm -hmm. Well, I mentioned Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together, earlier, and that was kind of my light bulb moment when I read what he said. And he says that a lot of times we struggle with the Christian community because we enter into it with an, a visionary ideal of what it should be. And so we try to attain that. And what he's really meaning is we look for perfection. Mm. We look for this perfect community. And when we can't attain it, we get mad at ourselves. We blame ourselves, which is what I did. Or we blame other people with bitterness or anger, or we we isolate ourselves from them and, and stop engaging them. Or we turn and we blame God and we say, Mm. God, why aren't you giving me this good gift of friendship? Why aren't you giving me this ideal that I have in my mind? And I think that's where we go wrong so many times as we enter into church or we enter into Christian friendship with this idea that it's going to be perfect, that it's going to meet every need that we have. And we struggle when it's, when it, when it fails to meet, when 
the people in our lives are not perfect or when they fail to meet our needs exactly how we want them to or respond exactly how we want them to. And so we don't really have, I don't think, a a great uh, understanding of how to respond to the imperfection of our Christian community. We have so many expectations, but we don't always know how to respond when we're disappointed. And so for me, that's what I had to change. I had to look at myself and realize I have so many expectations of how other people should be for me and with me and around me. And so I'm basically taking this this unrealistic expectation and I'm holding it over the heads of, of real people hmm. in my life that God is trying to give me. That you would gift. never want them to hold that over you, right? right yeah, right. yeah. And so when they disappoint me, which they will, yes. Then I <laughs> then I dismiss them as a friend potential. Hmm. And so I would say to someone who's struggling, I would say first look at yourself and ask what what are my expectations of what friendship should look like? What is my expectation of, of, you know, how people should respond to me? Or sometimes we even, you know, how should I be responding to them? Maybe I feel like I'm not a good enough friend to them, but just really looking at that visionary ideal that we, we hold and, and letting that go. Cause that's not, that's an immature version of friendship. It's not a biblical understanding of friendship. A biblical understanding is that I'm going to, I'm going to find what my, my soul needs in Christ, right? right. I'm going to hold to him and he's going to be my, my love. He's going to be my validation. He's going to be my security. He's going to be my, my hope. And so all I have truly I need is fulfilled in him. So then I can, I can hold to that anchor of Christ and then I can go and give and receive friendship imperfectly. I'm not looking for people to fill that need that Christ himself has filled. And so I think that frees us up, that freed me up from my insecurities, from my, I mean, of course there's always some of that, but I was, I felt freed up to love people. I could go and engage them and not be expecting something or demanding something in return. And that really turns into an invitation to, to friendship and a deeper mm. friendship. Yeah, so, so as we kind of look at our expectations and release them to Christ and look to him for our love and security, then, then I would say, step out, take that risk, step out and, and initiate conversation, initiate time with people and just give it time give it time. That was part of my problem too. So I was like, well, immediately they're not going to be my friend. That but friendship sense. develops over time, right? So keep engaging. And if you're hurt, grieve those hurts before the Lord. And and But keep engaging. The Bible says that if we isolate ourselves, that we are, it, the Bible says, woe to those who who isolate themselves or who don't have anyone there to pick them up when they fall down. So we we, we want to keep engaging. No, that's very good. As you were talking, I just kept hearing the word, the song, Jesus, Friend of Sinners, in my head. And when we are focused on Christ and focused on Jesus, I think it changes everything for everything. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so it just transforms our relationships when we can remind ourselves where our true satisfaction is, um, if, when we can um, submit to the Lord, when we can talk confess our our fears and anxieties to him and when we when we realize that no person will will give us what we desire no one no relationship will fully 
satisfy our souls. Only God can do that. And so we don't want to make people little G gods, idols. And that can be a temptation, I think, for a lot of us is to elevate people and that and that's why we have these crazy high expectations of others and I'm preaching to myself but yeah <laughs> so we want to we want to um, release some of that um, expectation and uh, ask the Lord for good friendships that are not but we're not making them little G gods so so that was really right. good that's really really good um how can the church be equipped on this topic because I I think you've you've mentioned a few books um, that have served you. You have written a book, but beyond books, there might be other ways. But, but I don't think this is something that we talk about a lot. I, I, I think we talk about conflict. We talk about the community. We talk about the family of God. But we just—I don't hear the word friendship a ton. I know. I know. I don't know why we don't talk about it that much, even as women who may privately struggle with a lot of questions about friendship. We don't talk about it. And so, you know, I even read a quote by Kevin DeYoung that says that the most important but least talked about relationship in the church is friendship. And I think that's hmm. true. And I'm not quite sure why that is, why we don't talk about it. But I do think it it would be great for our pastors to teach us about what does the Bible say about friendship? What does the Bible say about these one another's and um, being being really direct about these idolatrous expectations that you were just referring to, mm-hmm. not only in others, but also of ourselves, that we can yes. be a type of Christ to other people and really pointing us to to the Spirit's job and work in our lives rather than looking to other people always for those things. But I just think, yeah, hearing it from the pulpit, it would be so helpful and is helpful when we do hear hear those. And also addressing things like, um, one thing that I see a lot in talking with women is this, is this emotional dependency where women are looking to, to other women to be their type of Christ and to Mm. meet every need. And it can lead to some really dysfunctional, um, emotional relationships, even physical relationships. And I think that's something that we, we want to address, but one thing I think also that helps is just for leaders to model friendship mm. and to model good conflict resolution. And, you know, even in our in our um, member classes or member processes, talking about what do we do when someone in the church hurts us? What do we do when we disagree with an elder? How do how do we handle these things in a way that honors what the Bible says, how, how do we do that? Right. And so I think that those are all those one another's just highlighting the importance of friendship in general, I think would be so helpful for us. I think you're exactly right. And I'm really grateful that you wrote your book and that that we are being equipped today. This has been incredibly helpful. And I just thank you. Thank you for your work, for your heart, for the church and for women in particular and and for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you, Trillia. I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, you have been listening to the ERLC podcast. We're doing a series called How to Handle. I'm Trillia Newbell, and I want you to stay tuned for the next couple of weeks as we continue.